it was the Gen Con. It was the Comic Con of the day where every Jew from a, the surrounding area would gather to Jerusalem to do this festival. How exciting to be cosplaying as biblical characters. <laughs> oh, look, you're in a beige robe. <laughs> hey, look at you. That oh, what are be- you supposed to be? Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. to the unblessed podcast my name is evan and i'm scott and we are two x tongers <laughs> <laughs> explain what that is evan before people I turn off the episode <laughs> <laughs> so um really we're not but uh in christianity in uh, some churches you have the uh, idea of speaking in tongues um speaking in tongues can mean uh, anything but there is a certain uh aspect of christianity that believes that the holy spirit comes over you and you just start speaking essentially gibberish yeah. um i think they would call it like a spirit filled language or something like that but it is is simply just like how blah, 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 blah. um so like whenever somebody is like if you've seen any videos out there of um shakers or uh people like that that like they just start like saying just gibberish in the middle of praying. It turns into Adam Sandler gibberish quickly for some people. (laughs) And I think that's the funny part of it is Holy Spirit. Shut up. Yes, this episode is just going to be making fun of people's beliefs. Um, It's going to be it. Um, Sorry. I mean, like, this is the sect of Christianity that uh, is usually a little bit more conservative on the side. Like, um, it's a more charismatic portion of Christianity. I think it goes both ways, though, because there's, you mean, like, the real, like, snake handler kind of like deep into it conservative christians that are like i only like read the bible and that's it only book i read when i say charismatic i mean that they their their worship service has drums just drums just, <laughs> has, has drums period just drums because i've seen no, i also uh, think about like the very uh what was the the um gosh darn it not potter's bethel? house but the bethel? vineyard churches remember vineyard oh, they're very also bethel Bethel, and Bethel does uh, a little bit of tongues, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think like for a while there, you're right. Uh, I'll concede that. You're, uh, for a while there, it was more of your niche churches, like your snake handlers and stuff yeah. like that. But then 
I think I think some people in modern Christianity were like, okay, so not so much the snake handling, but the tongue speaking is pretty cool. These are some cool um, superpowers, yeah. Those are, that's a cool superpower to pretend to have. <laughs> and uh, they would use that in worship services. And so that kind of like with vineyard churches and Bethel yeah. um, music, they, would, they took that off as well. It's funny because there's other gifts listed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's like healing. There is interpretation of tongues. Um, I think there's like some other random ones of preaching and teaching all these other, but like people only want the tongues when you go to these types of churches. And it's like the sign of the Holy spirit has come down upon you in a special way. (laughs) Who doesn't want the tongue? (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want a little tongue in church? I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I never, uh, Spoken tongues. Did you ever even attempt to? I think I maybe tried one time and it felt Just try it on precise. Yeah, because I was just like, what if I just started making noises? And I was like <laughs> worshiping and I was like, nah. and I was like, this sounds Wait, is this so in dumb. public you were trying or at yeah, home? Yeah, I, I, well, I, it was in public, but I like didn't do it so loud for anybody else to notice. I was just like, I'm going to like. This <laughs> is so I'm, funny to me. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna put on a little bit of a sock, you know, like <laughs> I'm not going to. I just imagine everyone having a nice time during service and then you just mumbling to yourself. Now is it time? Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> and I was just like, nope, there are words for a reason in a song. That's. <laughs> oh my God. I, that's so funny. No, I was like, maybe it's other people's cup of tea, but not mine. Oh. Yeah, I never, never attempted it in a serious way. I think maybe when I was like home alone at a couple times, I was a weird kid with Christianity. I I thought like, like God was really being special with me at times (laughs) like i'm the most special christian boy in the whole universe but uh i do remember and i was telling you right before we started that we had this youth camp we did every year and i was this is actually after i was high school so i was being a volunteer leader at it and one of the moms i was leading like a seventh grade girls cabin uh, she started speaking in tongues during one of the, their like Bible studies that they would do like in the evenings. And the girls like approached our pastors and were like, so like Mrs. So-and-so last night just started popping off and scared us all because we were in the middle of prayer and Bible study. And she starts going like, like just scat song. <laughs> and it freaked them all out. And then they give a talk to her and they're like, Hey, we know that you were uh, Miss So and So, like that you were filled with the Spirit, and that's really great. But maybe do it somewhere else. <laughs> that's what they told her, and she got really offended. I think she almost left the church at that love, point. But, I imagine. Uh, but, that's the thing is like speaking in tongues. I don't think it has ever been like viewed as something bad. It's always just something taboo. Yeah. 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 Always, yep. Yep. It's always something weird. Um, and it's something that like, I think it's something that like uh, nominal mainstream Christians can point at other groups in Christianity and make fun of them for. Yeah. And be like, there's certain things that people just really don't want to believe, but they're, they're cornered in their theology and in their church where they can't say that it's wrong. So it's the same yeah. with like healing when like, I remember there'd be times where people would come up in church and be like, well, like last night, my you know, my husband had back pain. I just prayed over it and it was gone. And you could see all the other husbands be like, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, sure. Like, all right. No. We'll believe when I see it. That kind of, it was the same with tongues where people would be like, well, one time I did speak in tongues on a mission trip and people would be like, I can't fight you on that, but you're weird. <laughs> I bet you did. Yeah, I, I bet you did. So. Yeah, it, very taboo is, is to say the least. But yeah. speaking of taboo uh, things in church. <laughs> yeah, so we watched this. Uh, I found this video online of this pastor, and he is going on and on about... Um, how there should not be an Easter bunny. That Easter's got nothing to do with a bunny. <laughs> and then this Easter bunny walks up on stage. This is a Sunday morning sermon. Yeah, people are in pews. This is not like a pre-recorded pews. thing. And he pulls out one of those cap guns. Oh my God. And just shoots the Easter bunny. Just fucking just kills the bunny on stage. And the bunny just like collapses into a chair. And he's like, somebody get him off. And then like Santa walks up and is like, I got him. And he's like, okay, it's over there. Santa turns his back and the bastard shoots Santa too. There's so much I want to unpack about this. First of all, how do you think he approached the two? I know they were men in those costumes. Tweedledee and Tweedledum, his two exec associate pastors were part of this. Oh, yeah. Do you, like, how was that conversation go of like, all right, Bill, Dale, you're going to wear a bunny suit. You're going to wear a Santa costume. I know it's like March. <laughs> we but, also don't see the rest of the sermon. Are they just supposed to lay there the rest of the time? Just two <laughs> dead holiday characters on stage for the next 40 minutes. Just blood running down their side. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh, that's horrifying. No, I like it, it, the the pitch is weird because it's like okay, we've got our Easter Sunday sermon coming up. We got to talk about how Easter is about the Lord. Yeah, and I've got the perfect visual that's going to resonate with all of our families. And it is we. Oh, take, it will resonate all right. <laughs> it will. We, Donnie. You're going to be in an Easter Bunny suit, and I'm going to shoot you. It's like, also the person in the Easter Bunny costume deserves an Oscar. the The way they fall and the ears flop on the ground, <laughs> perfect timing. It's so it's true, so good. But isn't it like? Isn't there a larger like conversation here about just? how flippant this pastor is about using a gun in church. That's my thing is I can, and this sounds crazy, but I can understand why he wants to kill them. Uh, but at least in imagery, like an imagery, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like I understand why he wants to eliminate, I should say eliminate that like idea from uh church culture, but to do it in a way where it looks like you're murdering somebody on stage. <laughs> I don't think that's the like maybe grab a picture of the Easter bunny and like throw it in the trash. Like that's probably I think if I was in that mind, you know, set, that would make sense to me. Like, yeah, just throw it in the trash. But to get a guy to wear a Santa costume <laughs> and shoot him in the back like a coward. That's the other thing too, is Santa's got his back oh, yeah. turned. How no, dare you? Santa's got his back turned. You can't you can't deflect it with magic. <laughs> His Harry Potter magic. Yeah, you don't think you don't think I, there's a whole mo- there are several movies about Santa being arrested. You don't think he, you don't think he's up on what's going on. Oh, Santa's strapped. If he had the opportunity, Santa's, he knows. Absolutely, Santa's got street smarts. 
<laughs> Santa knows what's up. I live for these types of videos, though. Like, I, I love hometown hokey pastors that have zero sense of like what's appropriate and they just go for it. I know we yeah. talked about like a couple weeks ago about the the Duggar family guy talking about Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, making up his history. But yeah. These my favorite, I think, of just hometown hokey Christians is are these like the insane dramas and skits that they try to put on. A lot with guns though. That's why I've seen yeah. some a lot of gun videos, <laughs> pastors. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of, let's dive right in. I think we got a lot to chat about. Yeah, we got a lot to unpack. So uh today we are talking about Pentecost. Um Scott, when you heard the term Pentecost, what did you think of when you were a kid? Man, as a kid, I had no idea. Yeah. Um same. Yeah. I, I thought it was just like, a, I don't know, something that happened with the Super Bowl or something. When people say it's Pentecost Sunday, like, oh, okay, yeah, just a whatever, fun Sunday. Yeah. Um, I always equated it. I mean, the Methodists have a church calendar, oh, um, yeah. just like the Catholics and everybody else does. And so I always equated it to be somewhere in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was when I just never really took the time to understand as a kid. Um, so it probably wasn't until college i really understood what was going on uh at pentecost specifically with uh the story in acts um which we're going to be today so so if you have your bibles and i hope you do um i always have my bible on me I always have the sword Bible of the spirit. Is running slow. My internet Bible is running slow. Internet Bible. Paper um, Bible for the win. Listen to that. <laughs> internet Bible sweet, sweet work. paper. Uh, so Acts 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, maybe a cap gun, and filled <laughs> the whole house where they were staying. And tongues like flames of fire that were divided appeared to them and rested on each one of them. So just wow, wow, blap, wow, blap, blap. And then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages as the Spirit gave them ability for speech. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. When the sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. I kind of want to stop there. Uh, yeah. So... A lot of times in the Bible, things get written as if it's all happening at once. Yes. Um, and it's a very good call out. I think what it's very easy to read this is like um, a Marvel sky beam happens in the middle of <laughs> Jerusalem <laughs> and everybody shows up. I think what's a little bit more uh, kind of an accurate portrayal of what uh, Luke is trying to talk about is there's an overwhelming and maybe there's a visual of like small flames touching each apostle if we're you know taking this for what it is um if we're taking if we're taking uh the tongue set on fire like flaming on fire disembodied flaming lips tongues um the flaming lips came down and played (laughs) do you realize (laughs) i don't know any flaming lips that's the only one i know okay fair enough um but the most important thing here uh, that I think to kind of point out is, uh, again, you kind of get this idea that 
it's all happening at once. Um, I think yeah. a kind of more responsible <laughs> interpretation might be that, and one that like makes a little bit more sense is that they were given the ability to speak other languages. So like, you know, uh, Patrick or whatever would have the ability to speak like, you know, uh, Latin or Greek or whatever, and could go out into the town and would talk to folks in your Greek because the next uh, little bit is they're like, and they were astounded and amazed saying, look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear in our own native language? I take that to kind of mean that they were given the, that power to speak those individual languages and they were dispersed out into the city and then they came back together, uh, kind of confused as to what was happening because everybody would be like, well, of course I don't know Greek, but I do now and I'm talking to you. And it happened because we were all over at Peter's place. And if you want to come talk to him, come talk to him. And it's like, well, that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my assessment of what the thing about Pentecost, it, like w- what it's supposed to be telling you is what happened. I don't believe that that's what happened, but that is what I, that's what I believe that the author of Acts believes what happened. Yeah. And I think to back up, because <clears throat> one thing that I misunderstood about Pentecost is that it was already a holiday in yeah. Jewish tradition. I, when I first read Acts, I just assumed like, they were talking from a future place about, oh, this is the Sunday where all the tongues happened and we're going to call it Pentecost for no reason. Tongue Sunday. T- Come on, Tongue Sunday. <laughs> Come on down to Tongue Sunday's <laughs> RV park. <laughs> I love a character named Tongue Sunday. <laughs> Tongue Sunday. <laughs> Tongue Sunday's RV park. Welcome to Tongue Sunday's rodeo. You'll get a lick off prices. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tongue Sunday and the, and the we ragtag got, we got, boys <laughs> went on world tour. We got more RVs than you can take a spit at. <laughs> Tongue Sunday. Come on down to Tongue Sunday's fireworks for 4th of July. I'm Tongue Sunday. That's T-U-N-G. <laughs> T-U-N-G Sunday. <laughs> Just like the day. Just like the day. <laughs> Not like the ice cream. I am too slap happy for this right now. Um, <laughs> so it was a, traditionally a Jewish holiday um, that was set. It was called the Feast of Weeks, um, mm-hmm. and it was linked with Passover. So it was. Um, it's been around for a long time. And so what I didn't grasp when I first read this story is that people would already come from all over to gather in Jerusalem for this event. So. It was the Gen Con. It was the Comic Con of the day where every Jew from a, the surrounding area would gather to Jerusalem to do this festival. How exciting to be cosplaying as biblical characters. <laughs> oh, look, you're in a beige robe. <laughs> hey, look at you. That oh, what are be. you supposed to be? I'm just here for. I'm, I'm Jacob. Just, <laughs> I'm Dan. I'm your neighbor. I'm not cosplaying. This is just my normal clothes. <laughs> Only people you can us. actually tell is like Adam and Eve. How would you know who's cosplaying <laughs> and who's not? You get you get to <laughs> Pentecost Con. 
that's like that's what would always like uh. wow me out whenever I'd hear these stories about like this church doing like okay it's Halloween but you can only dress up as Bible oh, characters. Oh, I know. And I'm like, I never understood that. I had yeah. friends that went to churches like that where like, oh, we're gonna do like a harvest festival, and yeah, they would everyone just dress up as like Moses or David. I'm like, this is boring. Where's or Iron who Man? The fuck ever. Yeah, yeah. Where's, where's Batman? Yeah. <laughs> At least somebody dress up as Satan. <laughs> He's tackling the Bible. You said biblical characters. So, yeah. God damn. Um, so, people Someone are... just dresses up as a slut and it's like, well, <laughs> prostitutes are mentioned. They are. Baldy and the She Bears. <laughs> Baldy and the She Bears. <laughs> Tongue Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Um, we are off the rails today. I think we're going to end the episode with us attempting to speak in tongues. How about that? It'll be That's great. your treat if you can make it through this. So for sure. Long story short, uh, so there, it was a yeah. festival that people were gathering for, and then this event occurred. And like yeah. Evan was saying, I think it's very plausible that over a course of you know a, a, a period of time, people are going about out into the world and then kind of coming back with different languages. But um, yeah, let's keep moving. Whew. Yeah. So uh, look on all these. Who is speaking Galilean? How is it that each of us can hear in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, I'm going to mess all these up. Those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea, in Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking the magnificent acts of God in our own languages. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this be? But some sneered and said, they're full of new wine. That's just, that's Bible talk for they're drunk. <laughs> that, now that I think about that last part, like, ah, oh, they're just filled with new wine. It makes me wonder, were people just openly drinking during these services? I know they probably were, but it's so funny to think that yeah. you'd never see that in a church now. Like, ah, the pastor like messed up the sermon today. Hey, he's probably just drunk. <laughs> probably just drunk up there. Who cares? You know, <laughs> like they're yeah. not knocking it like that's a bad thing. Like, ah, they're just probably a little drunk. It's all right. <laughs> Man, why why the pastor shoot the Easter bunny? Hey, he's probably drunk. Yeah. We all get a little drunk sometimes at service, right? It's all right. <laughs> yeah, we are we are we all get a little drunk and start shooting the Easter bunny. <laughs> start shooting at Santa. It's fine. But uh, Peter stood up yeah. with the eleven, raised his voice, and here Peter gives a full sermon about Jesus being the son of man being the Lord. Um, Boring. Yeah. it's You can sleep through it. Um, <laughs> Someone did later. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you have, uh, you have Peter giving this big dissertation about why uh, they're saying all these messages about these acts of God, um, why they're doing what they're doing. And then at the end in verse uh, 37, when they heard this, they came up under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? Repent, Peter said to them. Again, these are only Jews that they're talking to. Yeah. Also, that's worth noting. None none of these are Gentiles that they're talking with. Um, And be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For only 1995. from the 1995, we're throwing a set of steak knives. <laughs> for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. 
Um, there's a lot of theology and splinter theology packed into mm. those two verses. So the first one that I want to talk about is repent and be baptized. Did you ever have that conversation in your Baptist church of, do you have to be baptized? Oh, um, ours landed on, like, if you, for some reason, never went your whole life without a physical baptism, you'd still be fine. Um, it was a simple, it was, you needed a baptism of the heart, essentially. It was just a symbolic Mm -hmm. thing. So they, they would urge you to do and get baptized. They thought you were commanded to do so, but my church landed that it was not necessary for salvation is where they were. My church was probably a little bit more strict on it, but not to the needing to be, because we would have that conversation. And if we would be like, okay, well, what if somebody gets saved and then dies? And then it was like, well, yeah, well, obviously like they're they're fine. Yeah. Um, But it was a definitely when we would talk to at least older members of the church, it would be a lot of like, well, you need to get baptized. Yeah. You have to get saved, but you need to get baptized. And it yeah. was like, oh, these words are too similar. Uh, but <laughs> when we talked to like our youth pastor or whatever, they'd be like, I mean, baptism is just symbolic. It's yes. all that it is. Um, we talk about it like that. Were you able to get baptized more than once? I got church? baptized only, well, I technically twice. So I got baptized. On a technicality. No, on technicality, probably You kind of slipped in the pool during a service. I got baptized. So I got got christened when I was a baby, which is like. Oh, you're that flavor. Oh. um, Yeah. Um, And then (laughs) I got Methodist baptized, which is just they give you like a little bit of water and throw it at you when I was in sixth grade. Oh, really? Um, Just a little sprinkle. And they're like, here. And you're like, eh. Oh, I didn't Um, know Methodist did that. I thought you got full dunked as well. I guess it depends. I was United oh. Methodist, so I don't know. Um, I can't. I can only speak from my Methodist Methodist experience, and not for others. <laughs> but um, but then around like I think sophomore junior year of high school, uh, I got the full dunkage. Full dunkage. Yeah. Did it feel good when you got dunked? Do you feel like a new new person? <laughs> they like so they like <laughs> they thought to me before like getting baptized is such a like wild experience because. It was always like the, okay, this is what you do to like not die Yeah. during this process. <laughs> they do communicate. They're like, okay, breathe in through your nose. And then also they were like, we have a very short baptismal. So you are going to want to plant your left foot behind you. So you don't just full on fall into the baptismal. That's the weird part about baptismals is they are either in troughs or like a very shallow pool to where you can't just like fall back and then have someone pick you up. There's not enough water to like keep you buoyant. Yeah, no. So you have to like prop yourself back up by your own strength. Like <laughs> people don't realize that. So I got baptized wild. both inside and outside. It was when I was little, I got baptized in like our old school Southern Baptist, like, you know, uh, church baptismal. So I was only like nine at the time. So it, they could just like throw me into the water and pick me back up. And then <laughs> just and go. <laughs> um, but then in high school, I felt such an urge to get rebaptized because uh, I was like rededicating my life to Christ at that moment. I think I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And my youth pastor was like, 
I'll baptize you every day if you want to get baptized. He's like, I don't care. We're Baptists. <laughs> so we <laughs> do. So, so at the at our camp, I it was like an outdoor, it was like a lake, uh, which was a different oh, experience. Cool. But yeah, very Christ-like, you know, very yeah. very hip, very cool. Oh, brother, where art thou? Stop. Oh yeah. But uh yeah. it's funny because it, the moments of like you you're told that it's symbolic, but you also want to believe there's like magic involved. Like you really do. Like I, yeah. I remember when I came out of the water and in, in the lake, I was like, I can feel like the spirit upon me. I you had know? the exact opposite experience. Oh really? I like went into the water and then I came out and I was like, I don't feel anything different. I must've done something wrong. <laughs> I don't think I closed my eyes. <laughs> Like I was so focused on like the left foot being back and breathing in through my nose, which they like, I think that's the other, like for baptism to be so heavily focused, the fact that they like are, they offer like, all right, do you need earplugs? Do you need nose plugs? Do you need this, that, or the other? Like the fact that it's like, we also recognize that your body in this, in this way of just being dunked may just completely fuck. And you also know what you're wearing because like, you can't wear like a white shirt because your, your nips are going to be exposed to everybody after. Yeah. Oh, you've got to have like clean clothes afterwards because I had uh, I had like shorts and um, like a T-shirt under like the whole garb. And then they took me back and I just got undressed and put on like jeans and shit and uh, dried myself off. Which like some people are like, I don't I, I didn't get dried off. I wanted to just soak in the glory. <laughs> Yeah, it was some weird phrase. It was like, I just want to be soaking wet for the rest of the day. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> okay, stay over there. I don't want to be friends with <laughs> don't you. Don't talk to my family. Don't stay away from me. <sighs> so they're calling. So there's that. Yeah. yeah the, Jews there's repent that. and believe and be baptized. Yeah. Repent and believe. Christ forgiveness through sins and you receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, this gets into an interesting subset where um, Baptists don't believe this. They believe that everybody has to make their own individual decision. Some churches do believe that you getting baptized does trickle down to your children. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, some Methodist churches do believe that, that there's like an inherent, like, um, I can see that interpretation. I've heard some things like that because yeah. there's verses in the Bible where, and <clears throat> my church would explain it more like, well, if you save the head of the household, AKA the husband, because there's verses like in, in Acts where it's like the whole, their whole household was saved. Um, but they always, Baptists interpret it as well. If you can, you know, save the head of household, he'll have enough influence on the rest of the family to make them make a decision about Christ. But what you're saying is that some people think if the parent or uh, the head of household gets saved, that just is automatically, the savings get passed on to the children. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're building wealth. (laughs) That's right. You'd be stupid not to take this deal. You're passing on savings. (laughs) You're passing on savings. You're accumulating wealth for your your kids and your grandkids. Um. No, I always thought, I thought that was interesting when I ran across that because I was my immediate knee jerk reaction was, "Well, what if their kid is Hitler?" Oh my gosh, this is the fourth <laughs> like, episode we've mentioned Hitler. <laughs> sorry, like I feel like it's a good example. 
Well, yes. like, what if Hitler's dad got or mom got like saved in a church like that? And it's like, all right, and my son is good. <laughs> He's got it. Done. He's got it. Sealed the deal. That's where like that kind of theology just kind of like crumbles. Um, yeah. Either way you, you look at it, it doesn't work because if you say it's get passed down to the kids automatically, um, I think this is where the whole like age of accountability comes into play. Cause people say, well, I think it gets passed down to the children who are unable to think for themselves, but then once they become their own individuals and make their own decisions, that's when there's, there's a certain threshold of how much, you know, versus what you don't know, where God's like, mm, you're starting to think too much. Now I think you're mm-hmm. going to hell. <laughs> hang on. You're, you're getting a little rambunctious for a 12 year old. I think, now, hold on. Yeah. You're starting to feel things. And that's always funny to me. The I know we're getting a little far away, but with the age of accountability, people will say it's eight years old. Some will say it's 12. Some will even say it's like when you're an actual adult, uh, like 18 or whatever. But I, it doesn't make sense because you can just make up whatever day you want. They're like, well, God just knows deep down that, you know, you're good. I'm like, why not just make it? Why can God just extend that for the rest of your life? Like, why does it have to be yeah. a, well, suddenly you, you're thinking too much. You're a, uh, you're a little too ind- independent now. Yeah. Now that you can, now that you can drive, <laughs> yeah, you're going straight to hell. <laughs> Once you have the ability to drive, you're in the driver's seat of your own life. That's right. And you got to ask Jesus and, to take uh, that wheel. You know, it's a matter of Jesus or you. And we all know you. If we're left to our own devices, you you go to booty calls. You go to <laughs> midnight movies. You go to midnight strip clubs, movies. Drug deals. <laughs> drug deals and laser tag and read that Harry Potter and Lord, Lord knows what else. All that, you know, but fanciful let, magic stuff. But Jesus can't just be your co-pilot. He's got to be the pilot. That's right. Amen, brother. Amen. In verse 40, and with many other words, he <laughs> bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day. About 3,000 souls. I love that. I love that we have the first example <laughs> of the modern church. The curmudgeon. Doing the, uh, how many people were saved? Uh, about 3,000. Yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Give or take. There was 40 people in service, but 3,000 got saved that day. <laughs> there was, we both used to work at a church where constantly the pastor would go there oh are gosh. one million people in indianapolis who don't oh my know gosh. jesus i forgot about this that you are grinding my gears right now this was like my biggest pet peeve where i worked oh my god it was one million people who don't know jesus and you'd sit there and you'd be like well i know jesus and you know but jesus a quick google search shows population <laughs> Indianapolis. It's like 600,000. Like, I think 1.2 in the like. We're at 870,000 is what it is currently. But still, a quick Google search will show you that the numbers don't add up. There can't be a million. Oh my God. No, there can't be a million laws necessarily or less. A million. Like, and I know exactly the number because I was in the same class that we took. It was it was um, like a church research 
group that we attended and they gave us all these stats on like uh, religious survey results in the Midwest. And what the stat was, was they would go around to, you know, random doors and surveys and ask people, how often do you go to church? So it wasn't about necessarily beliefs or if they felt they were saved. The question was, how often do you go to church? And some of the answers were either like, I go every week, I go like a couple times a month, or I only go a few times a year, or I go like only a few times in my life. And so anybody that was in the category of a few times a year or less, uh, it ranked, and this was in metropolitan Indianapolis. So not just Indianapolis, but it was the surrounding counties, which include like another million people. So there's almost 2 million people we're looking at. And of the survey, about a million said, I just, I only go to church about one or two times a month was the results. And so then that got skewed to there's a million lost people in downtown Indianapolis. <laughs> always drove me nuts. Sorry, that's my high horse. I had to get on that one, but I wanted you to get on that. I one just I it's... know that happens all over the place with people taking stats like that, and I'll just make them work for themselves. And it oh, just it's so disingenuous to me. But we had three thousand souls saved. We had <sighs> we at our potluck. We had forty people confess their life to Christ. <laughs> Pentecost potluck. At our Pentecost potluck. Stephen brought macaroni again. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Um, But back to Pentecost, I also love that verse 40 is one of the first examples of just a church curmudgeon, just that everybody else is a crooked generation, that we're we're saving you from this damned society if you get (laughs) baptized and believe. Um, these, these new kids with their aqueducts and their indoor plumbing, <laughs> they can't stop scrolling. Yeah. Back in As my in day, like we scroll. walked on. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, we walked on dirt, not this newfangled gravel, not this walking on water guy. Yeah. <laughs> newfangled gravel. <laughs> oh my God. Back in my day, we didn't nail people to a cross. We nailed them to a tree. We didn't have fancy lumber. No. Yeah. We just slept in holes. I don't know if people did. I bet. <laughs> History and now, now they're back in my day to go to a gladiator show. You had to start one. <laughs> they didn't wear pads like they do nowadays. No, yeah, no. We had leather just, helmets. You just took whoever you enslaved and... Threw him against the lion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was fun for hours. <laughs> Not these crooked generation. We got to baptize them. And we, li- we lived until 20 and we died. <laughs> <laughs> and we were happy about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Pentecost in general is a, a weird, uh, it's, it's a weird thing to me. It's, it's this idea of, my hot take, and this is my final thought, I guess, is uh, I think something happened where people were exp- like having new languages enter the church or enter like their group. Right. And they didn't have a great explanation. And they also needed a good explanation for how Jews that were, uh, I guess, coming into the fold 
how would that happen? How could they change their hearts? And so there's an explanation of, well, God gives a Holy Spirit to people to be with them, to influence them. So it's this new idea of it's not just, you know, Christ we believe in, but we also get this gift of like, he's now with us. So in some cases, I will give it credit of it's revolutionary as far as the religion, where it's no longer this external uh, thing or person to be worshipped, but now so that you get this like gift of God bestowed upon you. So it's it's a little radical, but it's also it's weird, and I think people take it too far now with like the whole tongues thing of like, oh, I have a, I have the gift of you know, the Holy Spirit gifts now. I'm I'm better. I'm special because I have these yeah. gifts. So. <laughs> Uh, lidly, lidly. <laughs> uh, my final thought, I would com- agree completely. I think this is a, um, what this is actually recording is a lot of the, uh, word being spread. Um, and then all of a sudden all these, uh, people come into Pentecost and, they are hearing in their own language. This rumor is traveled like wildfire. Um, they're hearing in their own language, you know, a lot of this stuff about Jesus um, or about like miracles, I yeah. should say, because that's really what they talk about. Um, and they're like, well, how can this happen? Mm. You know? Um, and so they all head over to Peter's place and Peter's like, this is how it happens. Um, I got a perfectly he, good explanation for all this. Yeah, perfectly logical explanation. Hi, my name is The Rock. <laughs> um, that's a Bible joke for anybody listening. Thank you. <laughs> I hope someone laughed. <laughs> yeah. Dear God, I hope somebody laughed at that. Um, but And then he gives an explanation, and then they save 3,000 Jewish people. Yep. And that's... And then, you know, the, I think the next stage in that is what we already covered, which was about circumcision. Um, the next stage is getting Gentiles in. Um, so now we could get, just like you said, now we could, you know, invite more people that didn't know Jesus uh, into this. Now, how do you get the Gentiles in the door? Um, which even Jesus was like, uh, there's the Roman soldier and his son episode and where Jesus was like, this Roman soldier has more faith than mm. all of Judea or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was not outside of Jesus's idea. If it's weird because you got to talk about Jesus in tandem sometimes. Um, but in the whole Christianity, if you do believe that Jesus thought himself as the son of God, then you have to concede that Jesus believe that Gentiles could be saved as well. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are allowing yourself that with enough of the parables and enough of the, uh, sure enough of the episodes he had with other uh, people of other faiths. Right. Um, That's all I got. Uh, I, uh, well, uh, one last thing. Um, I think there's a little bit of inclusivism happening in for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Yeah. Um, now it says as many as the Lord, our God will call. And that's a nice little addendum, but that's I, a like, good point to call it. Like this is one of the moments where they're 
showing this is not just for Jews. Like they're at a Jewish yeah. festival. And I think, yeah, to actually summarize it a little bit more is like they, this is one of the first instances of this Jewish faith and religion going, you know what? This is actually for everybody, not just those yeah. of the Jewish line and Jewish tradition. Yeah. And not uh, just those in the know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So interesting. Uh, Scott, what do you have to plug this week? Oh boy. What do I have to plug? Um, you had the whole episode to think. I had a whole episode. I just watched something recently that I enjoyed. Oh, uh, I went and saw Asteroid City, the Wes Anderson film about UFOs. And that was fun. I liked it. I saw it last weekend, though, so it's a little late. But have you heard of this, Evan? You're grimacing at me. <laughs> Asteroid, Asteroid City? That's right. Asteroid City. A steroid city. Uh, Everybody's just jacked out of their mind. Just everyone. It's a Wes Anderson film where everyone's absolutely jacked to the max and uh, they fight each other. And it's really bloody and gruesome. A steroid city. (laughs) God damn it, Evan. (laughs) It was fun. I'm not like the biggest (laughs) Wes Anderson fan. I mean, I like his films. I'm not like going to take a bullet for the guy. Um, but it was fun. I like UFOs and weird alien stuff, so it scratched a certain itch for me. So go see it if you if you like it. Um, it's got Brian Cranston. In it. He's a nice, nice little addition to the film. Um, yeah. What what are you he's plugging? Tall, he's a tall glass of water. <laughs> um, he's a guy. Yeah, he's a he's definitely a dude. Um, what we do in the shadows is coming back. Oh, that is a show that. Me and my wife watch a lot, and it is coming back. I think the same day that like new Bluey epi- episodes get released, which is just another. So you like, have a conflict of interest. You're like, do I watch Bluey tonight or? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind shows. of the same. It's kind of the same thing that like Barbie and Oppenheimer have. Where it's just like <laughs> here are these really two different things. Bobby Heimer, the same day. Boppenheimer. Um, but yeah, yeah, what we do in the shows is coming back. If you don't watch it, it's on uh, Hulu and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's freaking hilarious. Um, there was an episode. Have, there was an episode where uh, they had like a cloak that turned them into the other person, um, and everything else was dubbed except for one vampire. Uh, literally, except for this one like little voice. I'm probably gonna cut this. This is dumb. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> this is dumb. <laughs> then go quick. <laughs> yeah. All in all, um, what we do in the shadows, that's my plug. It's really great. Great. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that suck. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on all social media at Unblessed Pod. Um, you can also email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. We're on threads us. now. Oh, we're, we're on threads? kids. Oh, I don't know threads? what I'm doing, but I posted on it because I don't. <laughs> Evan, since Twitter's dead, you are officially the threads person. So go oh, for it. Am I the it. threads person now? Okay, I should go. Sure. Like, Good luck. I don't I'll, know what I'm doing. Yeah, I'll <laughs> no. go in there and I'll start talking to uh, everybody. That's I'll great. Be like, Talk to Elon Musk. Somebody would be somebody. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma's over here. And I'm like, watch our episode. Uh, 
Thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible. <laughs> <laughs>